It's HPR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with the latest Off the Road interview episode. And this one brings us a very unusual new book from a member of one of rock's most revered and unusual bands, The Yardbirds. A 60s powerhouse that not only included three of the world's greatest guitarists, Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and Jimmy Page, but also some of rock's most celebrated classics. Today we welcome back Yardbirds drummer Jim McCarty, who has a new book, She Walks in Beauty, My Quest for the Bigger Picture, that focuses on his spiritual journey through life, the powerful effects of his wife Lizzie's recent passing, and Jim shares epic stories about some of rock's most admired musicians. It's Yardbirds legend Jim McCarty on HBR's Off the Road. First and foremost, Brother Jim, a big aloha mahalo man, and it's great to, uh, after the several... <laughs> Several times of having you on, it's great to have you back on, so thank you. Yes, yes, I do remember you. Good to see you after all this uh, this time. I remember our fond experiences doing interviews here in Honolulu, including over at the Blue Note, I guess it was, last time, and then one time a long time ago, Hawaiian Brian's. Oh, very nice. I, I always loved going to Hawaii. always had a good time there. So uh, where are you joining us from today? I'm in France. I'm down the south. I suppose the biggest city nearby is Nice. I'm just in a little village called Bargemon. It's about an hour and a half northwest of Nice. Well, it's really cool. And it factors into this book I was mentioning. She walks in beauty, my quest for the bigger picture. And uh, turns out that... Jim, you've had among the roughest and most intense pandemic stories uh, so far in our series, if not the roughest. So I guess to put it all in context, walk us through it. Take us back to the beginning. Well, I'd say it was quite dramatic for me because um, I think the last time I was away, uh, we played in Seattle. We did a, a cruise and then we ended up playing a couple of gigs near Seattle. What, what was the time frame? Yeah, this would have been uh, the early part of 2020. Oh, okay. So like February or January or something like that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I remember flying back from Seattle and I got a bug on the on the aeroplane and I kept coughing and I had to go into Paris and I couldn't get the flight back because I felt so awful. And it took me such a, a job to get off the connection. You know, I said, I don't want this connection. You know, I, I'm, I'm not very well. And they said, oh, you have to go and see the doctor. And there was a doctor at Paris airport. And he checked me up and he, he said, oh, well, it's not on your chest. So I don't think COVID was an issue in that. It was just before it happened. Okay. Oh, you got to, you've got a flu, you know, just take these pills and go back home and look after yourself. And of course, I went back home. Um, my wife was being sort of semi-cared for because she had cancer. And she'd had some friends with her from England looking after her. And then I came back and I, I got better in a few days. And then um, I was looking after her. This was around February. And she gradually got worse. Uh, and she was in the house being cared for by the local nurses and everything. And she, she, she passed her in June. 
her cancer just got worse and she went downhill. And she was finally on a support system. She was on, um, you know, that terrible drug they give you up. I can't remember what it is. Morphine? Morphine. And she was in a, in a coma for a few days. And then she, she passed. She passed over. Um, so sorry, Brother the, Jim. It's such a heavy story, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was sad. But, you know, out of, out of sadness came a lot of different things. Most of all, you know, because I, I wanted to find out what had happened to her. Right. I was very determined. I wanted to find out. So I was looking, first of all, at YouTube documentaries of near-death experiences. And I'd followed various mediums. And I did courses, actually. I did a course in mediumship in the end. And it basically led to a a sort of new world for me. And it's gone on, you know, ever since uh, got better and better, um, got broader and broader. I know it was a pretty bad experience at the time. I mean, it was the worst, the worst in my life. But now I can see myself growing out of it. Uh, I've, I've done the book all about it. Let's just back up a second, because in a lot of ways, the book is, uh, and we're talking about She Walks in Beauty, my quest for the bigger picture uh, from Jim McCarty, Yardbird's legend here. But there is, it's not, it didn't just begin then with Lizzie's passing in 2020. The book's focus really is a lifetime of spiritual curiosity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I would say this has happened, yeah, this has happened since I've been a child. Uh, I've always always been uh, very interested in things that are paranormal, say, um, things out of the ordinary, and got better when we were on the road. And I used to spend a lot of time with Keith Ralph, the singer. Of the Yardbirds. Of the Yardbirds, and we we used to talk about all this stuff. And in fact, you and Keith Ralph of the Yardbirds would tap into your, uh, I guess you call it, mutual interest in spirituality and beyond with that Yardbirds classic happening 10 years time ago. That's right. People can read much more about that uh, and its connection to the spiritual thing in the book, uh, actually. But speaking of the Yardbirds, it's really almost unbelievable, Jim, that you got to work with (laughs) three of the most respected guitarists in the world in that band. Eric Clapton, then Jeff Beck, then Jimmy Page. Clapton, the first of those three. Well, Clapton came in. Actually, we, we did have somebody before Clapton called Top Topham. That's true. And then add that part of the story and then bring it to Clapton. He was a bit younger than the rest of us, and he had problems with his parents because they wanted him to study at the art college. And he was actually a very good artist, and they didn't want him hanging out with us, you know, playing all-night gigs and all this stuff. He had to leave. And he came from the same art college as Chris and Keith, but so did Derek. So they knew Eric was at the college and they knew he had a bit of a reputation. So they asked him to join. And uh, we already had a bit of a name around, you know, southwest London or whatever. So he came for the audition and he got the job. (laughs) You remember him coming that first time? Yeah, yeah. I remember when he first appeared, he was quite cocky. And uh, I thought, I don't know whether I like this guy, you know, he's a bit full of himself, you know, (laughs) which he is, isn't he? I mean, he's the same as he is now. (laughs) But he did have something about him, some sort of dedication and some sort of profile, which became obvious as soon as we started to play. A lot of the girls all all sort of hung around on his side of the stage (laughs) rather than... And Keith was the the ideal front man. I mean, he looked like Brian Jones. Right. 
He had the look. You would have thought they'd all have gone for him, but they were all on Eric's side of the stage because I could see, you know, from where I was. Were they already spray painting around London, Eric Clapton is God? Do you ever remember him reacting to that? Um, he, he was still, he was with us, but okay. I remember being on a boat going down the Thames and I looked up for this boat and I saw somebody had written it. <laughs> You know, from the boat, somewhat on one of the walls, you know, on one of the wharfs or something. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, what's going on? Eric Clapton is God. <laughs> um, you don't remember a reaction from him, I guess, is what I was saying. No, I, I, I never got never got his reaction to it, actually. I <laughs> <What>? <laughs> loved it. <laughs> you probably do, right. It was a huge... Uh, what's your favorite memory of any of the... Because I know the time with him wasn't very long, and you went on to have even more legendary cats. But like, if you reflect on that time, what's the thing that makes you laugh the most as a fun memory with him? We had a funny side to our relationship as well, because he would sort of make up funny faces. And um, I remember once he came into the van and he had this uh, old record player and he said, oh, I've got this old record player and it doesn't work anymore. It, it's really rubbish. He said, so I'm going to smash it up. <laughs> and he got out of the van and he just smashed it into pieces. You know, everyone was laughing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that was very bizarre. <laughs> but Jeff did that sort of thing as well. So, But he did it out of his temper. And tomorrow, Jim McCarty offers stories of the other two guitar heroes he worked with in the Yardbirds, with first-hand accounts of Jeff Beck's legendary temper, touring and recording with Jimmy Page, and outrageous stories of rock wild men like The Who's Keith Moon and Led Zeppelin's John Bonham. Find this in the complete Off the Road series at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road, and look for it where you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lawrence. Oh, yeah, we're the puppet, aren't we? We said we're not here on the face of the earth,